We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast, a championship game week edition. Complete with cameras, but no video today. I feel like a failure on this thing, Toby. I thought I thought we would have our first video edition of the podcast. And hey, it's uh, coming. Folks, listen. There's there's it's something coming. there's something rather important whenever it comes to a video podcast. That is the audio, and that's where the that's where the massive fail has come in. So yeah, far. but we'll figure it out. Wouldn't it be great if I'm sitting over here messing around and it magically just starts working? I don't think that's going to be the case. Let but, me know so I can fix my hair. <laughs> well, your camera would have it, as you can see right here. Your camera setup, Toby, would actually be quite fine. It would just okay. be you chilling. It wasn't the most professionally set up. But how you was your How was your trip? Long. It's a really long trip. We, I did the quick math in there. I mean, you're, it, you went over three thousand miles. And in a car and in a van with a four year old, 10 year old, 15 year old and a 70 year old and so, your wife and my, and my wife. Right. My wife. So it was that's a lot of people. A lot of people. Did everybody get along? OK, we were awesome until how about the, that? Until the last hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's and, pretty good. Then man. Everything. It's We made it to the fourth quarter and the two minute warning and f- we forgot victory for no knockdown drag out. I'm gonna stop this car. No, none no, of that none kind of, of that, stuff. None of that. It went pretty good. That's Actually, amazing. That, yeah. that might be the first in the history of family vacations. What was interesting, and again, this is all precursors. You can fast forward. It's only gonna be like a minute. But what was amazing is where we stayed was about an hour outside of DC. So you tack on another hour drive oh. for the first two days, and then the third day. So we were in the car. You're a looking lot. at 3,500 miles of mm-hmm. driving. Yep. In in a week, Chris right. Plank experienced. 
experience 3,500 miles of driving. He saw the nation's capital, the White House. Correct. He took in a play at Forge Theater. Correct. He watched an epic football game. Correct. And uh, I don't know what else he did, but that's a week, my friend. Here, here's what I'll add. So after the game, after the OU celebration, it's really odd when you are left behind, when it's a trip where you don't have – necessarily a three, four-hour drive in front of you. When you're left behind and you wave everyone off, you see the guys getting on the bus, and you're like, I'm a really far way away from home in enemy territory. It's such a unique experience. You had to walk back to your car without Teddy Lehman as a bodyguard. Right. Yeah. The first guy I saw said, you better hustle up and get out of here, man. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I think he was trying to be funny. But I couldn't stop listening to their post-game show. There was a mad analyst. I don't know. Imagine. On the West Virginia? On the West Virginia radio network. There, I sent you this text and this word. I used it on my show all morning. The um, derelict of duty was the term. Mm. That they, derelict. Speaking of the officials. Of duty. Is that? Yeah, or, yeah exactly. Or, they were okay. mad. And Holgerson didn't. So they said they had two touchdowns called back. The. I don't know how you can get mad about the pick play in the first half. That was the most blatant pick I've ever seen. I know. But then, wouldn't the running back have been out at about the two-yard yeah. line? Wouldn't McCoy? Okay, so I guess they just had assumed because they'd called it a touchdown right. that it was two taken off the board. Is that where their uh, anger was, I guess? I assume. Because I thought it was a – I mean, there was only 12 I don't know what you can between be, the two teams. I don't know what you can be angry about on either call. Right. One of them was, was the most – I mean, listen, there, there's pick plays run all the time. But that was the most blatant, obvious pick I've ever seen. And then T.J. Simmons, I believe, is the wide receiver's name, who yes. blocked Trey Brown out of bounds. That was just boneheaded. I mean, it's not – he didn't just block him, like, onto the white. Right. He blocked him onto the white, into the bench, through the bench, to the wall. If he could have, he would have blocked him up into the stands. Yep, correct. So <laughs> – that's a penalty. I don't. I don't know what there is to be upset about. Yeah, I was. I was. It was dumb, but it's too. a penalty, right? And you know, we actually even had a bit of a debate on the radio network because Gabe said I'd never seen that called before, and maybe he's looking at it from the offensive lineman perspective. But Lincoln Riley said on his coach's show with Dean that we were called for it two weeks ago, for and I think it was the Oklahoma State game where we got called for continuing a block out of bounds so I mean I I understand there's going to be frustration when you lose and that was a pretty hyped environment pretty hyped environment but in the end um boy what a what a fourth quarter of twists and turns Toby Rowland you know the the thing that I've thought about so much since the game ended Friday night is just the multitude of plays that come to mind and you say, oh, that was a huge play in the game. Oh, that was a huge play. <laughs> oh, but what about – I mean, you can just – you can go on and on and on right. from the fourth uh, fourth down call with two minutes left to go for it and and the great catch really by C.D. Lamb sliding to the ground. The fourth down call before that down in the end zone when they threw it to Calcaterra. What a call that was. You know, the blocking out of bounds play was – such a massive call in the game because they probably do score there, and as it turns out, OU ends up getting a scoop and score the other way. That's a 14-point turn in the game, potentially. Um, but you could go on and on and on about 
had the throw on third and 10 when all the momentum was on West Virginia's side. OU's got a third and 10 deep in their own territory. And Kyler throws a lollipop out there (laughs) that Marquise Brown runs over. One of the prettiest passes of the year. It was a touch pass on third and 10 with, you know, that stadium just amped with electricity. Um, but you could do this all night. You could sit and say, know, oh, but exactly. what about this play? But, but what about that play? Uh, and that, I think, is the sign of a, of a great football game. And, you know, you've got to give it up to the defense making a couple of plays. And it's been such a tough year for them. And, you know, I'm with you. They gave up 56 points the other night. That is not a good night. But they made two, maybe the two biggest plays of the night in those sack fumbles and turnovers, uh, scooping scores. And um, they've had a knack for that. Right. We've talked about it all year. They've had a knack for making big plays in the fourth quarter or in overtime when it matters most. They've done a lot wrong in the first three and a half quarters all year long. But they've had a knack in the final half of a quarter or final quarter or in overtime of coming up with a big interception, a sack, a turnover, a fumble against Oklahoma State. The Parnell Motley picks to close out games this year. There's been three of them. The Buzzy Bolton uh, scoop and score was in the fourth quarter the other night. Yep. Seven of their ten turnovers they've caused this year have been in the fourth quarter or overtime. So um, We've been hard on them, so we need to give them some credit when they make big plays, and they made big plays. Yeah, it was. it's still one of those games where – and you just brought it up. Every time you think of a play, another play pops up. And I don't know if anyone cares about this, but Friday night was so unique for me, not just because I had driven there, but I I didn't want to leave the bench. And for those that haven't noticed, I spend a lot of time walking back and forth on the bench because to me, that's my job. I've got to see, all right, if someone happens to hobble over there, if there's a coach that wants to – mentioned something as an adjustment you know not all the stuff we say on the air sometimes it's for ted and gabe to help us diagnose things and you know a lot of the stuff is just educational purposes but i relied on you a lot i found myself watching the big screen because i just they were always working defensively the offense a beanbow there's not really a huddle for the receivers with the x and o or the running backs are on the phone because they're up at the booth to bullware and lincoln might come and say a couple of things to kyler but he's really good about not letting you read his lips so it's uh it makes it a little bit more difficult and i say that in tongue in cheek but i just had this sense that that we needed to have our eyes on the bench just to kind of see how they handle the adversity so i was counting on you a lot there'll be certain plays that you look up as soon as a play would start, and you don't always have the best view, and you're watching the big screen, and even from that perspective, you just the energy in that place, the energy on that sideline, the 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 stops and starts, the hill climbs and hill tumbles. I mean, why? I'm glad we don't have to do it again. I'm glad we don't have to go back and play there for a couple more years. But that was just—it's one of those games that I don't think any of us will soon forget. Sooner fans either. No, no, it's uh, it's a we've played some humdingers in that place, and oh. fortunately, uh, come out on the top of of all of them in recent years. Uh, well, I guess all of them that have been played there. Um, and I think that that you, what you bring up about the energy and intensity on the sidelines is in large part why they've been able to win twenty straight road games. Um, 
road teams struggle a lot of times because they get overwhelmed when they go into a hostile atmosphere. And a lot of times you just kind of turn in on yourself and you become timid and quiet and overwhelmed in all sports. You know, we see it in in basketball. It happens at Fog Allen Fieldhouse a lot. Teams just walk in and they're just, holy cow, you feel so small and the place is just overwhelming. (laughs) And Oklahoma has not done that really in the entire Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley era, but specifically in this streak that they're on right now. They walk into somebody else's house with so much swagger, with so much intimidation. It's it's I think it's more than when they're at home for some reason. I don't know I why. But there's something about them putting on those white jerseys, getting off the bus, walking into somebody else's arena, and just beating their chest and feeling like they are the big dogs. And and sometimes they take it too far and they get these unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and things, although I don't think they got any of those the other night. No. But there is no intimidation for Oklahoma when they go on the road. And it's not just in the you say, well, why would they be intimidated by anybody in the Big 12? It's not just the Big 12. It's Columbus, it's Tallahassee, it's Knoxville, it's South Bend, it's all these other places. So, yeah, it's it's an incredible streak that they're on. All right. So, this week we got a little bit of time left here before you got a bolt. This week will be a lot about wanting to get carried away with OU versus Ohio State. But as Y'all are going to hear coming up here in just a bit. I loved the way that Lincoln handled those conversations because, you know, we can have those conversations hopefully at 3.30 on Saturday while confetti's falling and we're hoisting up the fourth straight Big 12 championship. And it's hard because you want to be able to start selling, but if you don't win on Saturday, we can't have those conversations. No, there's nothing to be sold right, right now. Exactly. There's, there's no reason for Lincoln or any of his players to comment on that. Now, the rest of us, uh, there is a whole lot of airtime to be filled. <laughs> and you can't help. I mean, the committee's going to put out a ranking to, to tonight, right? Right. And so that's going to spur conversation and debate, and that's part of what makes college football great. So I totally get the fact that there's going to be this roaring debate about which of those two teams deserves to be in if they both win. Ohio State's got to take care of some business, too. So uh, we shall see. But – I can't. I mean, this is going to be so much fun on Saturday. You know, to get uh, OU Texas twice in the same season, to get to play in uh, this game for a championship in this stadium. Uh, there's, you know, because they've played earlier this year, there is some, I, I don't know, bad blood's the word, but probably animosity. Probably, yeah, animosity, bad blood, whatever. Um, that happens when you play a team twice. Uh, it can't help it happen. So you've got some, some feuds maybe there. You've got some memories. You, uh, there's going to be a whole lot of barking and trash talking, and, and that's just in the stands, <laughs> you know? So uh, <laughs> this is great. When the Big 12 denounced the revival of the Big 12 championship game, there was some debate as to whether it was a good idea or a bad idea. But everyone said, well, if it could be OU Texas – then that would be ideal for the conference. Well, here we go. You know, we got it. You got the two big boys 
in a championship game, perhaps with a college football playoff spot on the line for one of them. The other one won the first one. You got uh, a Heisman Trophy contender. I mean, the storylines are, are numerous. But for Oklahoma to win, they're going to have to come up with a plan for L.J. Humphrey and Colin Johnson. Period. Killed him last time. Those guys killed him last time. They could not stop them, especially on third downs. And they're still big. And they the Oklahoma shrink. they haven't shrunk. Oh, man. And the Oklahoma defensive backs haven't grown. So they're gonna have to figure out a way to do a better job on those guys than they did the first time around. And they're gonna have to do a better job defending the uh, Sam Ellinger quarterback run game as well. Otherwise, you know, Texas out physicaled them for three quarters in the Cotton Bowl and built a huge lead that proved to be in the end insurmountable. And unless they can devise a way to do a better job with L.J. Humphrey and Colin Johnson and Sam Ellinger in the quarterback run game, right? Uh, Oklahoma's you know going to find themselves fighting an uphill battle again. Boy, it's a fun week for debate, though, from the conversation about whether or not this should be treated like uh, a regular OU Texas game, from the uh, the gold hat conversations, from should the uh, the arena should the stadium be split? There's a lot of fun little debates that are coming out of this week already, isn't there? I'm just worried about. Where I'm getting a corn dog. <laughs> I think you might be hosed on that. Toby. I, I'm telling you, if Jerry knew what he was doing, and I think he does as far as marketing goes and sales, he would bring the Fletcher's people in and set up a stand in the in the stadium on Saturday. Wasn't there like a Michael Dean history that said they only do it once a year or something of that nature? Or did I? A lot of Michael Dean history. He did one on the corn dog. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember the details of it. But well, uh, I'm sure he'd be glad to tell us again if we asked. We've got a big week. Yes. You've got basketball tonight. I'm filling in with Lincoln and Ted. I'm, Are you looking forward to that? I'm so excited. You, the Lincoln I, this, Riley Show Championship Week. This is my first one I've got to do with Lincoln. Yeah. And uh, I'm more nervous about Ted trying to stump him than be I am fun. anything else. You need to come up with some good fifth quarter questions for him. I'm going to throw it out to y'all at okay. OU on the air at All Plank right. Show on Twitter. And then on Friday. Go ahead. Go ahead. You and I are headed to Windstar. To, I guess this has become hopefully a rite of passage. Just a, a regular. Let's make it a tradition. Whenever it's Big Twelve Championship Week or when we play a bowl game in Dallas, we've ended up doing a show from the Windstar from seven to eight p.m. on the radio network. We're thinking about that's going to be on Facebook Live. I might put it on Odu on the air as well too. See if I can figure out this. Put it on Twitter. Thing. Put it on Twitter. So it'll be fun. But Toby can't wait. Well, let's get people to stop by too because a lot of people Please. are going to be going down Friday night. So maybe plan on hitting the Windstar around dinner time. Toby Keith's is there. Uh, some great restaurants there. Have dinner. Come watch the show. Hang out with uh, Ted and Chris and I. It's at 7 to 8 o'clock uh, on Friday night. And then we're going to do exactly what you're going to do. Go hop in the car and drive on down the rest <laughs> of the way to Dallas after that. So we'll just make it a big suitor caravan. Toby, have a fun week. You too, buddy. Cannot wait. Lincoln Riley's press conference is now. Uh, good to have everybody back here. Uh, glad we're doing one here this week. That's a good thing. Uh, that's an exciting week for us. Uh, coming off a really pretty epic win up in up in Morgantown. Uh, so so proud of the group for finding a way to to get that one done. It was a, a challenging night, challenging football team, great atmosphere, um, everything. I think that you would expect a game like that to be like, and uh, two powerhouse teams going at it. So it was. 
it was a, a lot of fun, tremendous win. You know, and to, to have ourselves back here, you know, where we, you know, thought we'd be all along, you know, back here in the in the Big 12 championship game, um, you know, going in as the as the top seed from this conference, and and what I think has been another very good year for this conference is is very meaningful to us, and certainly excited to get down to Arlington and, and play this one. It's uh, you know, it's been a been a fun year. There's been a lot of lot of ups and downs, uh, mostly ups, and and for this team to. You know, after having a loss there uh, right before the bye week, and for this team to fight, scratch, and claw its way back to, you know, where we feel like we should be is is a great feeling, and to have a, you know all of our goals still right there in front of us. So it's uh, obviously going to be a fun game, big time game. Anytime a, a championship's riding on it, regardless of who you're playing, it's going to be important. And uh, I know a lot will get made on the outside about. Uh, the rivalry, the fact that it is OU in Texas, but I, I think still the fact that this is a championship game and all that's riding on it, you know, overshadows that, in my opinion. Uh, I don't take it lightly. I, I get the historical significance behind it, the fact that, you know, OU and Texas haven't played each other for you know, twice in a season for a very, very long time. But, I, you know, I think the bigger storyline to me is it's, it's been a great year for the conference. This is a championship game between the best two teams in this conference, like it should be. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to get down there and play. Lincoln, West Virginia got flagged for throwing horns down a couple of weeks ago. Uh, have you talked to your team about that and gotten clarification from the Big 12 of whether that would be a penalty or not this weekend? Yeah, we're, we're working on some clarification, but our guys will, it will be, <laughs> I will make sure it is fully clear to our guys what they can and can't do. What's your thoughts about there's a national narrative about playoffs that defensive teams, if you're not real good defensive, you, they, they think you should be penalized, and they don't say anything about offense if you're bad offensively. What's your thoughts about that? Just just win. You know, we've, we've been into it the last three years, and, I, you know, I think what we can control right now is, is winning, and I think if, you know, if we're able to find a way to do that, then I think we'll be right where we want to be. So, um the, you know, the the thing about the playoffs that comes down to me is, you know, teams have different formulas for winning games. Uh, everybody wants to be great on offense and great on defense both. That's everybody's aspiration. It doesn't always happen that way. It's not not easy to do. And uh, so, different teams win different ways. But the, I mean, to me, the bottom line is you either win or you don't win. And so we've. You know, we, we started talking about this. People started bringing up playoffs and all that business six weeks ago and, and just said, look, just just if you keep winning, you'll you'll be in good shape. And so my answer, we, we have kept winning, I think, and we've kept ourselves, you know, that certainly being an option. But right now, I think we win and the rest is going to take care of itself. Lincoln, uh, Caleb Kelly made probably the play of the year defensively with this one, one man show with the running over the tackle and everything else. I know you guys talked about moving him inside, and he's had kind of a unique year with the red shirt possibility, things like that. After watching that game, have you thought about the impact maybe that he would have remaining at the Sam and playing there and doing those kind of things? Yeah, he's done a great job. I mean, it's uh, he has had a an interesting year, but proud of how he's you know in some ways battled back. You know, you take a guy like him that had been a, a good player for us here the last few years and. You know, we, we, we move him inside, you know, probably move him in there thinking chances are he's going to start. He's got to earn it just like everybody else. And then, uh, you know, and then Bolton wins that job, and Bolton's been just outstanding for us this year. And so, 
you know, a lot of guys might have packed it in. A lot of guys might have, you know, not handled that as well as Caleb has. But he's, you know, he fought back, was able to contribute for us. And then, you know, after we made the change there midseason, uh, you know, one of the plans was to try to get him on the field more. And, uh, you know, he's been a team player. He's played explosive for us. I see, I see that group, you know, playing those three guys you know, we continue to get more and more confidence on the field. Those guys kind of getting more in sync together. I thought they all three played pretty darn well the other night. So they're, but Caleb was, Caleb was awesome. I mean, without a doubt, he's made some game changing plays. He's got experience and I think, you know, I think he's just now kind of getting back settled in and comfortable back outside. Lincoln, you just point a reference to the midseason change on defense that you made after this, this game in October. Could you assess how things have gone in your mind on that side of the ball since since a move that you made? Yeah, I mean, we're 6-0 and since it, you know, and that's the one that matters the most to me. There's obviously been some games where we've played really well. We've had some games where we haven't played well uh, at times. We've made, but we've made enough big plays, especially the other night in key plays to get it done. So I know that'll be a big talk with who we're playing and the fact that we made a change after we played these guys the first time. I, I get that. Um, I think we're, uh, I think we're progressing in a lot of ways, but we got to put it all together. You know, I, I think we've, you know, you kind of look at us. We we played so poorly defending the pass against Oklahoma State. I mean, all the way around, um, and then we were much better against it against Kansas. You know, and we our tackling and and the job we did in the run game against them was not where we needed it to be. And then I really felt like the other night. Other than about two plays, we did a pretty nice job in the run game against those guys, and our corners were outstanding. You know, we did not play well at the safety position, and that, and that, you know, we gave up the majority of our long plays were through those guys. And, and I mean, give West Virginia credit; they make big plays. I mean, other than Iowa State, nobody else had a prayer of stopping them all year either. Uh, so we were playing a pretty darn good group at their place on their senior night. That was part of it too. But I think for us, it's got to be putting it all together. We've had stretches where we've defended the run well, stretches where we've defended the pass well. We made some just just incredibly important and explosive plays in that West Virginia game the other night. So, you know, we're, we want to put it all together, and I, we feel like in our building that we're close to doing that. John, Tom Herman said on the uh, Big 12 conference call today that he, he basically confirmed the report that he's going to have David Beatty in town to help him break down what they do and what you guys do. Mm -hmm. Curious if you have any countermeasures from the, uh, from the Kansas staff specifically. <laughs> Coach Beatty can do what he wants to do. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like the precedent of it, of, of, of being able to bring in somebody from a league in the same year. I don't think that's good for the conference, but it's not against the rules, and if they want to do it, that's, that's fine. Garrett, coming in to help you guys? <laughs> well, n no comment. Yeah, Sam Ellinger has uh, been really effective for them. And what makes him such a good quarterback? Particularly, you guys had trouble. Everybody's had trouble tackling the guy, yeah. keeping the guy contained. Yeah, he just he gives you trouble at both. Just because he's he's a very effective runner. He's not a flashy runner, uh, but he's very effective. He's he's smart. Kind of knows where to run. And I mean, it's it's you know it's. It's not like tackling a normal quarterback. I mean, he's a he's a big kid. He's 235 pounds. You know, runs physical, um, so he challenges you there. And then I think he's really improved throwing the ball this year. I mean, you can see those guys have clearly done a nice job with him. He's he's got some confidence in those receivers. They've made a lot of big plays in the passing game. So I think he was a good runner last year too. I think he's really 
the passing game for him has really come along. It's made him a little bit more of a dual threat as far as, you know, threatening you both ways. And uh, yeah, he's done a nice job leading our group. He was, uh, he, he hurt his shoulder, I think, against Baylor. It's just been fighting that the last four or five games. Can you tell a change in his throwing in recent weeks because of that shoulder? Oh, not a ton on film. You know, I know, I'm sure there's, you know, it's hard to injure that shoulder and be the most effective thrower that you want to be. I know that. And that is one of the negatives you get into when you run your quarterback a lot is even a big guy like him, you're going to be more susceptible to, to, to injuries like that. But no, I mean, you, the guy on film still been very effective. I mean, he's, he's battled through it. And then they've got a, they got a capable backup, you know, when, when Bichelle's had to go, on, go in. He's done a nice job. He's obviously very experienced as well. So they got a good one-two punch there. Tyler. Uh, Mark, your guys' offense has produced even while Marquise was sort of uh, not totally healthy, but with him, sure looked like he's 100% now. Um, how does that make the offense more effective when you're able to, he's able to just get downfield faster and just be his old self? Yeah, it's helped. It's because uh, really it's the first time, uh, probably since the Baylor game, that he's been healthy. You know, he, he got a little nicked up, I guess. Who would play after? I guess it was Texas. He got a little bit nicked up in practice that week. wasn't full speed uh, in the Texas game. Got a little bit better through the bye, and then got nicked up in the TCU game. So it's kind of, it's kind of been a. He hadn't been 100 percent in a while. So it was. Uh, I thought he was as fast and as explosive the other night since he's been since since Baylor. So it and. Uh, no, he's he's tough to handle out there. I mean, one on one, he's a tough matchup. No matter how you, how good you are on the perimeter, he's he he's making plays. And then, like I said, I've been really proud of how he's progressed as a runner. You know, I mean that he, he's always made plays down the field for us. But you know, coming out of that tackle like he did on the sideline there uh, the other night on the crossing route, you know, he did the same thing here against Oklahoma State a few weeks ago. I mean, those have been. When a guy can make plays down the field, but also turn those short ones into big ones like that, it makes him. That much more dangerous. Uh, Lincoln, Kyler's made big plays and timely moments for you guys all year. I asked him a little bit ago if he feels any different in the like the fourth down play there in the time. Does he feel any different? He said he, he feels the same whenever he runs out on the field. But that ability to make those type of plays, how do you encapsulate how a guy gets that? Where does that where does that well come from for him? Yeah, I mean I think it comes from a lot of things. I think it comes from self-belief, uh, and I think some of that is natural. I think some guys are born with that, and then some of that also comes through your preparation, your work, your confidence, and your scheme, your teammates, all those things. And I think he has that. Um, yeah, but his pulse, you know, through games stays pretty steady. I mean, just the back and forth that we have during the game is not much different than it is in a meeting room or on a practice field. I mean, he's got a He's kind of got that ability that regardless of the moment to be able to kind of stay in it. And I think that served him well through his career. I think it's you know probably a big reason why he had some of the success he had in high school, especially at a young age. Um, and here, it, I know it's later in his career, but in a way it's also early in his career here too. And to be able to perform like he has on the different stages, uh, I think is a great example. Can I follow up on that? Because his personality is so different, at least outwardly, than Baker's. Sure. Did it take some adjusting to have a guy that maybe is more of an even plane as opposed to you know that that high uh, RPM that Baker has? Yeah, it, it did, but it wasn't difficult because 
I mean, other than the majority of the games that he didn't play in, you know, we'd been still working together for the last two years. So I kind of, you know, I felt like I had a decent idea of how, you know, best to handle him and to manage him. And so it, it was, uh, it's definitely different, but not new, I guess, if that makes sense. Did you, did you come out of the Texas game defensively with any ideas looking back at how you defended Texas two big advantages in that game? It seemed like the quarterback run game and their ability to get the ball to those big receivers. Did you oh, yeah, definitely. That? Definitely. I mean, after after every game we play, we that's always the first thing we do when we get back in is, you know, we get back, we watch it. Whether you win, whether you lose, whether you felt like you played great or felt like you played terrible, you've always got to look back and, and see, you know, if I had this to do over again, what would we do? So, um, no doubt we've all three sides of the ball, we've we've looked at that and very similar to the way we did TCU last year. Yeah, uh, you know, early in the season, Kennedy Brooks was getting a few carries here, a few carries there. Now he's gone over 20 carries the last two games. What's impressed you most about him as he's emerged as a guy that you hand the ball to as much as you have? Yeah, a lot like Rodney last year, right? You know, it's a lot, a lot of parallels. Uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of like the question before about Kyler. I mean, the moments have never been too big for him. I mean, he's always been a good enough player, and he's just he's just one of those guys that's taken advantage of opportunities. I think has a lot of self belief as well. Uh, you know, running behind our offensive line certainly doesn't hurt that, and he's made a lot of big plays. And so he's he's been awesome. I mean, he is just such a natural runner. I mean, it's just the things that that guy sees. I, I can't sit up here and describe it to you because it wouldn't make sense. But I mean, he he sees the game differently than than most backs do, and and then has some nice physical skills to go along with it. So it's a good combination and a big reason why he's been so productive. Eric, when your safety, he's kind of like Buki. When he just has such a, a rough game, what do you do to help him keep his head up, especially playing another bigger game this week? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a process. Uh, those guys, they were disappointed in the way they played, you know, and, and but that's when you're playing like we were out there majority of the time with, with two true freshmen, you know, I mean, that's you're going to have that some. And so you just, you got to keep battling. Those guys are all going to be really good players. There's no, no doubt about that. They're going to have their ups and downs. I mean, most of the great players that have ever done it, you know, have had that, especially when they've been forced into action that early. I mean, I mean, look how many, use Baker's example, look how many interceptions he threw as a true freshman at Texas Tech. I mean, you're going to have your ups and downs, and, and you just got to keep fighting through it and, and keep keep just kind of that daily process of getting better, keep your self-belief and your confidence up and continue to go to work, and that's what our guys are doing. Our, our team's had to do that too, you know, so I think our team has been a good example for those young guys. George? Like I think people probably think you guys have, if not the best, one of the very best offenses in the country. I obviously, I'm not breaking any news there. Is it possible that you have maybe one of the best, the best running game in the country? I wonder if you think that, and if you think it's overshadowed by the pass game. Well, I mean, they they complement each other, you know, and that's the when when you're playing the way you want. That's the beautiful thing about it is they they go hand in hand with each other and and. The run game wouldn't be nearly as good without the throw game and then vice versa. And so um, I like our run game a lot. I, I hadn't seen everybody else out there, so I don't. I know there's other people that are very effective running the ball, but I wouldn't trade ours for anybody else's, no. With our combination of scheme, the offensive line, and the backs that we have, I wouldn't trade with anybody. Jay. 
Yeah, uh, you, you guys did a, a Bo Jackson photo to kind of promote Kyler for the Heisman. Uh, you know, Bo obviously played NFL and Major League Baseball. <coughs> Kyler's been so incredible this year. Do you feel like he, he's somebody that could do that if at some point that opportunity came up? And it's almost crazy to think that this could be it for him playing football, yet he's one of the easily one of the, the two best players in the country. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting question. Uh, you know that you know what he what he and his family decide to do. It's it's uh, I don't want to put it past him. I mean, a lot of people would say you can't do what he's done right now. You know, with how well he performed for our baseball group here uh, this spring and how well he's played here for us. So there's certainly some different dynamics with it. And obviously, you know the fact that he would want to play quarterback if he chooses the football route is a little bit different than than Dion or or uh, Bo or some of those guys, um, but. He athletically is so gifted and, and, and can transition between the two. You know, you, uh, conventional wisdom would think, like in spring, that he would have a hard time going from throwing a baseball to throwing a football. And I mean, he's he not throwing it any better now than he did in spring during the middle of baseball season. I mean, he, he, can, he can athletically transition between the two. So then it comes down to physically holding up and then the mental side of it, because uh, I'm, you know, those games get more mental the, the more that you move up. And uh, I don't know, it's a, it's, it's a unique schedule with playing what is 160-something baseball games and as long as the NFL season is now, but maybe. Could you see him getting drafted by an NFL team as well this year, next year? Oh, he could. Oh, he would absolutely get drafted by an NFL team, you know, if that's his choosing. Absolutely. I'm just saying, even if he goes on with baseball, an NFL team might say, "Who's going to take you anyway, just in case?" Oh, I think I think they definitely would. You mentioned you said you thought your corners played really well, and that's always a big issue playing big receivers. And yep. you, you got the same corners as one before, and I think there was a play late that helped them get a, get the field goal to win the game. Yep. What are they got? What are they doing, or what do they do Saturday that they have to take into this weekend's game? If they didn't do uh, over the season. Yeah, we won. We won the contested balls. I mean, we won more than our fair share in that game the other night against a great receiving core and an, and an elite quarterback. I mean, easily one of the top, you know, probably three guys in the country right now. And so, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've improved. I mean, no doubt about it. Norwood, Brown, and Motley all playing really well. Motley's really played well about three weeks in a row now. You know, has had a Really, really close to four weeks in a row has really played well. I thought Norwood played probably the best game that he's played for us the other night, maybe in his career. Um, you know, I think those guys kind of found something a little bit, and and then Brown, you know, made some outstanding plays as well. So they're, you know, we know we're going to get challenged again. We know Texas, you know, has a, a really nice receiving core, uh, great size. Um, you know, we didn't win enough of those 50-50 balls, you know, in this game. Uh, uh, a few weeks back, a couple that we were in good position that we simply needed better technique as far as getting our head around um, to maybe not get flagged for, for interference. And so we're going to have to do a great job because you know those plays are going to happen throughout the game, And uh, but confident our guys are going to make them. Yeah, Lincoln, if, if you guys beat Texas and everything else goes as expected, the committee's basically going to have to pick between you and Ohio State with very similar resumes and very similar teams. And do you understand how difficult that decision is, and, and what would you say to the committee uh, in, de in defense of Oklahoma's case? Oh, 
right now I'd ask them if they understand how difficult it is to beat Texas because that's all I'm worried about. So, I mean, that's that's all. I get it. I get it's going to be a conversation. It was the same as the same thing last year. I mean, you know, we knew, you know, that we had to had to win this game and, you know, most years, most teams are going to have to win their conference, you know, to get into the playoffs. So uh, that's, you know, I know that's not a surprise to anybody, but, you know, I'm, I want my team's focus right there. And if I need, if, if I'm going to do that, then I've got to make sure mine's there as well. You mentioned the uh, true freshman playing at safety and immediately you think about, maybe, I think there were three safeties out, you know, you're missing some guys. Uh, how are you going into this game? What are you expecting? Because it looks like the status of injured key players is really important. Yeah, no, it certainly is. I don't think that we, I don't think that we had anything the other night that would, that would keep somebody from that played in that game from playing in this game this week. But at the same time, I don't, I don't expect to have anybody back that wasn't available uh, against West Virginia. You talked about Motley playing really well for the last three or four games. What has been kind of the difference in him elevating this game to another level? I think kind of just went back to the basics. He, you know, he started around here for a long time, made a lot of big plays around here, and then when we, you know, when we uh, moved him back to second string, you know, he didn't he didn't pout about it. You know, he continued to fight, worked even harder in practice. Um, I think kind of. It kind of relit that fire under him a little bit, which has always been important to him as a player. Uh, he's always played his best when he's been on edge like that. And so he's made the most of his opportunities um, since then and given us more confidence to continue to put him on the field. And he's rewarded that with really, really outstanding play. So I think he's, you know, I think he's got a lot of confidence and it's behind the work that he's put in and the, the way he's approaching the entire situation right now. Against the, in the first game against Texas, they were able to turn you over a couple of times, but you were able to move the ball on. Now that several games down the road, what are you seeing out of their defense? And have they changed anything at all? Are they doing anything different? Well, they're playing well. I mean, they've they've held down held down a lot of people. Uh, you know, said a lot. I think you know, Todd Orlando does a tremendous job, without a doubt. Uh, They've got really good players, like Texas always has. Uh, I mean, that's they got really good players that. That yeah, do a nice job. Got a good scheme that complements them. So now they've they've played well since then. Um, they're they're a challenge. They were a challenge several weeks back. They'll be a challenge again here on Saturday. In regard to your question or your answer about the uh, staying focused on one game at a time, uh, you've been here before. You've been on the cusp of the Big 12 championship. You've been on the cusp of getting in the playoff as well, and you were able to do it last year and help. So. I think we all buy what you're saying, that you have to focus on Texas. You can't worry about that. How do you get your guys, what measures do you take to convince your guys that what you're saying is 100% true, that they cannot think about the playoff yet? Well, because that's been the message. That's been the message since the bye week. That, that's, that hasn't changed. I mean, for us, you know, certainly we want to be in the playoff. I mean, no doubt about it. We've wanted to be in the playoff all year. And after you lose one around midseason like we did, I mean, every game is uh, – is, do or die that way and if you don't focus on any one singular game and you don't win that game then the playoff dream's over and so that's there's really no new feeling about that this game is no different than those other than this one also has a big 12 championship tied around it and and so uh that's the only thing different about this one but our 
we've continued to improve as a team. We've continued to find ways to win by this approach, and we're certainly not going to change it now. Barry, you, uh, since you got here, you, you had Samaje and Joe and, and Rodney and then even Trey, but just <coughs> basically freakish athletes at running back. Just You look at them and you know that guy's different. Is it? You mentioned the way that, that uh, Kennedy sees you know, football. <coughs> Has that been kind of, not, I don't know, interesting to you, just that it's a different type of, of body style? I mean, he's still strong, I know, and runs through tackles, but just the, he's just a different type of guy. That, that he is. He is. No, he's definitely different than what we've had there. Uh, at this point in his career, there's not the eye-popping physical characteristics. Um, they're good, and as he goes through his career, one of the fun things will be to watch with him is his ceiling physically is so much higher than where he's at right now. And so you think down the line, that if he can stay healthy, if he continues to work hard, he could really, you know, you know be something special. But he's, uh, yeah, it has been fun to watch and kind of see our O-line adapt to him, him adapt to our O-line, um, you know, trying to find ways to use him best, ways that he's the most comfortable. Um, it, it has been, but it's it's kind of, yeah, you look at all those guys, they're all different, but they've all found a way to be effective, and I know it's something we're proud of. And how much just having him now and, and having Trey, you were kind of still searching after, you know, Rodney went down the first time you guys played Texas, and you know you got a lot of six-man fronts and things like that, but you feel like you're in a, just, that's an advantage that you maybe have over the last time you, you guys played? I think it's easily fair to say that our running back situation right now is, is quite a bit further along than where we were at that point, certainly. Yeah, Lincoln, the, the last three or four years in this game, Texas has just played cleaner. They, the turnovers have favored them, the penalties have favored them. Does that give you any kind of pause coming into Saturday? And um, how much of an emphasis does that become? I mean, mentality is important every week, I get that. Mm -hmm. but, but when it's these two teams getting together, with the stakes being what they are, given the way it's broken the last three or four years, does that lead you to maybe make that a bigger point of emphasis? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely important just because you're playing a good team. I mean, I, you know, there's things that have went back and forth in this game the last three or four years. I mean, I think it's two and two over the last four years. So, I mean, it's there's things that have went good and bad for both teams. That's a little bit the nature of this rivalry. But certainly playing a good football team, you got to avoid those mistakes that give them big momentum and, and those those self-inflicted wounds. I mean, without a doubt, you got to we got to do a great job of that. We got to do a better job in this game than we did a few weeks ago. Certainly, Tyler Lincoln, should this game it's going to maybe move at some point? Should it always stay at the Cotton Bowl? Talking about this game or the OU Texas the, it, Red, it, the Red River game? Yes, uh, the regular season the regular season game. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know. I go back and forth. I do think it would be really cool at some point to play Texas in here. I think it would be really cool at some point for OU to go to Austin and play. But I don't know how you take it out of the Cotton Bowl. I just I, I don't know how you do it. it I don't. You obviously, you can't have it both ways. So I, it's that game's too historic. That venue's too historic. I, would it be awesome playing, you know, home and home with it? Of course, but. You can't take it out of the Cotton Bowl, I don't think. What's your thoughts about Cliff Kingsbury getting fired, and have you talked to him? Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's tough. You know what I mean? He he did a lot for, has done a lot for that program, both as a player and coach. Program still very meaningful to me. Great friend, 
you know, very few people in the business I respect like I do him. And uh, I hate it for him, but if whatever he chooses to do, he'll be out of work for about five minutes probably. So he's uh, he's that good of a coach. So um, you know, he'll he'll uh, he'll land on his feet in a great situation. Somebody will be really lucky to get him. Uh, you know, we talked about the debates amongst one-loss teams, but you guys have a unique opportunity to play the team that you lost to. If you get this win, should the fact that you would have beaten the team that you lost to before bear extra consideration to the committee? If we win this game on Saturday, then I'll talk to you about it about 3 o'clock. In Lincoln, it, it's almost unprecedented for a team to lose a, a, a Heisman Trophy quarterback, number one overall pick and be even better, at least statistically, offensively, lead the country the next year. But why has it clicked the way it has for you guys this season? Um, I think there's a good culture, you know, offensively. Uh, started a few years back, the guys have been able to carry on. Uh, we've been very strong up front again, you know, which is certainly the key to the whole thing. Uh, the guys have stepped up, you know, the, Receivers were more experienced coming into this year. We needed them to play better, and they have. They've grown. You know, backs have stepped up. We thought we were a little more experienced coming in there and lost our two most experienced guys the season-ending injuries, but other guys have continued to step up. Uh, yeah, and then obviously Kyler's played at a really high level. You know, so I mean, guys have stepped up with their opportunities, and uh, it's it's been it's been fun to watch that group progress and and just see how much better we are than we were in the first half of the season right now. You know, we've, we've come a long way and still can get a lot better too, which is, which is fun. Last question, Barry. Yeah, regarding that, do you have a third guy in line for next year's Heisman? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You're setting a we'll standard see. that's hard, difficult to match. Yeah. But in all seriousness, yeah. your corners, you don't play a lot of physical stuff bumping guys at the line. Um, point is that just the nature of your corners they're not very big they're more fast guys is that something you'd like to do you need to do more of how do you how do you see that well I think a good mix is always is always part of it but yeah you've got to ask yourself does that fit what you have physically and then schematically does that fit what you want to do there's you love those big six two corners that can go you know press guys on line not let them off the line the the negative to that is if you let them off the line or don't do a good job of it instead of being in a guy's hip pocket, the guy's five yards behind you. So there's, it's kind of like blitzing a lot. There's some give and take. Uh, you know, the answer is the best answer is probably somewhere in the middle where you've got the ability to do both, but certainly something as we continue to recruit and, the, and as our current guys continue to develop, we'd like to be able to do more. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.